This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. of Scanall Pocono you'll hear later in this one-hour show. We got a little break on the weather front in Pocono, but it was still plenty hot behind the wheel of <laughs> yes. those race cars. For sure. For sure. Yeah, definitely people getting animated. All right. Today, though, we're going to start with news that broke about half an hour ago. NASCAR has announced that starting this weekend at Watkins Glen, the start-finish line will become standard position for the overtime line at all tracks. This means that during NASCAR overtime, leaders must now run a full lap before the race is considered complete. Now to hear more on this, we welcome in NASCAR Senior Vice President of Competition, Scott Miller. Scott, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. And now we've heard a lot of discussion about this overtime line, a lot of different opinions. We knew NASCAR was looking ahead to make changes for 2018. Why make this decision and change now? Well, it's it's really uh, I mean, we don't feel like it's a you know it, it's a it's a big change on the surface, but really we uh, we're, we're just simply it's not really a rules change. We just are looking at uh, putting putting changing the location of the overtime line, which is something that we we picked under kind of the current guys. But you know we we talked about 18, and and you know as we looked at as we looked at making the change, we really didn't see. Yeah, we saw the benefits of, of putting it at the start finish line. So uh, we looked at each other and kind of said, "Why not? Why not now? Why why wait till 18? Because uh, we don't feel like it's a it's a big change, but we feel like that it's something that the uh, you know the fans have spoken their piece on, and we've evaluated internally and spoken to some of the drivers, and uh, just feel like kind of now's the time." Hey, Scott, well, let me first say thank you. If we're going to have overtime, I think that's the only way to do it. I didn't really ever get the, the overtime line being somewhere on the back straightaway. But here's the, the thing. You, you, did this come more from fans or from drivers? I know you just said that, that you talked with both, but I know our sport is, is driven by the fans, but this driver council seems to, to have a lot of weight in making decisions here these days. 
Well, I mean, we, you know, we're we're doing better at collaborating as an industry. I think for you know, with with all of the all of the stakeholders, and you know, I think everybody everybody has input, and everybody has an has an opinion that we consider along with ours. And as we weighed all those things together, uh, this just seemed to make sense, and it make made seemed to make sense to 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 do it now. All right, finally, the start-finish line is officially, again, the start-finish line. So thank you very much for that, Scott Miller. I appreciate that, cleaning that up. But here's my question. Now yes, that we've sir. taken a step back here, um, when are we going to go back and just run the Daytona 500, not the Daytona 507 and a half with all this overtime and all this stuff, or the Coca-Cola 600? When are we going to go back to old school, or will we ever go back to that? Because you say you listen to everybody's opinion, but the tickets say Daytona 500. Well, and and that, and that is a valid point, Kyle. And and you know, throughout the history, as those things have changed, there's been you know obviously input and reasons why things have have evolved to where they are. And you know, we we constantly have an open mind. And and if again we collaborate together and decide that it, that a change is necessary, whether it be that or whether it be whether it be something else, we would certainly consider that. All right, well, these guys certainly seem to be in favor of this new role. Scott, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today, and we look forward uh, to seeing you at the Glen. Uh, no problem being here. Thanks for having me. All right, so guys, yeah, both of you both seem pretty positive about this change. Seven times the race has gone into overtime this year, and it was really discussions after races like Dover, Daytona, Indy, where we saw a delay between a wreck and when yeah. the and when the yellow flag came out that really spurred a lot of conversation. Yeah, you know it, it's so hard. I, I think even even if the fans want this overtime line, even if they want, it's so hard to show it to the fans. The guy sitting in the grandstand, he can't see it. Right. I, mm -hmm. I'm sitting on the front stretch at Indy. I don't see the overtime line. Put it back where we can see it. Put it back where where I, if I'm a fan that I can see it. Put it back where at least it's synced to something on my TV screen so I can see it all happening at the same time and I don't have to go out on the front porch of my house on the grassy knoll and say, <laughs> oh, there's a conspiracy here. They held it. They didn't throw it or they threw it too soon or whatever. So much of that. Take that out of the equation. Bring it back to the start-finish line. Bring it back around here. If you don't make it back, you just don't make it back. I'm sorry. That's the game. Um, and, and I'm telling you, I'm on a mission. My next thing is go back to what it says on your ticket. It's a 500-mile race. It's a 500-lap race. I know there's a million different opinions, but there needs to be one dictator that runs some of this stuff and quit listening to everybody else. Yeah. So since we're not to that point yet, right. we're going to still have <laughs> unlimited attempts to finish that's right. this. Yes. So that's the one thing that doesn't change. And, you know, it's still going to be in the hands of NASCAR to determine when they're going to maybe throw the caution flag if something's happening behind the leader. So uh, there's still going to be yeah. controversy along the way, but I do sure. applaud them for going back to this. Uh, a line on the back straightaway somewhere never made any sense, and, and glad that we're getting back to this, and uh, at least everybody knows from the beginning of the race where this is because you cross it every single lap. Well, and I just I kind of like the consistency track to track. Everybody knows exactly where this overtime line is. They yeah. know they know the rules. It's one last less thing for the fans to think about. Now we may be at Watkins Glen till dark. But <laughs> <laughs> thinking about that. That's okay. true. We were nearly nearly there till dark in Indy. All right. Well, here's how the playoff picture looks in the Monster Energy Series with five races left in the regular season. Martin Truex Jr. leads with 29 playoff points, and he's one of 10 different winners over the last 10 Monster Energy Series races. 
Let's look back on this remarkable run in Victory Lane Review. 400 laps, 600 miles. We're ready for the Coke 600. Austin Dillon will gain his first career victory. He'll take the three car back to Victory Lane. Oh, hey, we got you a slide to grass too, bud. Hell of a job, Austin. Love you, buddy. Love you. Hell of a job, man. Call it a monster, you can call it a big racetrack made out of concrete. Green flag back in the air. Jimmy gets the break. Oh, Ty Dillon gets T-boned by Aaron Jones. Caution. Big wreck. We are going to checker. You want me. What? Oh, I'll your neck. The Wood Brothers and the Wood Brothers Ford, that iconic red and white. Can you imagine the pressure on young Ryan Blaney? And 23-year-old Ryan Blaney will score his first career win. <laughs> Woo! I'm sorry you can't talk, bud, but I'm so proud of you today. Mission accomplished. I heard somebody say that last night. I think it applies today. Kyle Larson with all the real estate he needs. He's on his way to McFree Lane. Kyle won here at Michigan last August, his first career cup win. Oh, dude, bring it home, baby. And he wins again today. Heck yeah, buddy. Burn that to the ground. Proud of you, man. Out a boy. Oh, yeah, good job, guys. Good job. Kevin Harvick points that car out of turn 11. He'll head to turn 12. Harvick takes the checkered flag. It took him 17 tries, but he is now the winner here in Sonoma, California. Get a bang, Kevin. One hell of a job. Up time, everything went okay for him. Guys, great freaking job. This is worth the wait. Every time the sport returns to the place where it began, there's a chance for something special. And we will be going overtime. Ricky Stenhouse Jr., he takes the lead. Come on the checkers, about three, bring home. Good job, buddy. Five pack of four, I did, baby! <laughs> Boys, you had this thing to die. Woo! America, 1776, we are the champs! And for the 12th time this season, for the 13th time this season, stay winner, MPJ. It has been a perfect 10 for Martin Truex Jr., his 10th career win. You won it, baby. Checkered flag. Martin Truex Jr., you damn right. You saw that. When everyone else pitted, were you thinking, I'm done? I thought we were dead. <laughs> Hamlin goes by for the lead. He's going to hold off Larson. Yes, sir, D.H., that's what I'm talking about. Back up car for the win. I put us behind the eight ball uh, on Friday, but uh, it's cool to win one like this. I think these fans enjoyed the burnout through one and two the most. That was impressive. I wish I had more tires. I could have made it a full lap. As far as I'm concerned, I think we should race here 10 times a year. Two laps to decide who will win the Brickyard 400. Great restart for the five of Casey Kane. And the 11 goes around and right behind him. Driver, you all right? When you get back here, you're going to be the winner of the Brickyard 400. On a great restart. I want to see the best burnout ever. The tricky triangle. It is such a unique racetrack. How hungry is the 18 team for that first win of 2017? Contact there. The 18 gets into the back of the four, moves him out of the way. Here comes the 18. Kyle Bush is going to win at Pocono. Hey, B, good man. Momentum built, brother. Momentum built. Kyle Busch, his first win this season. Man, in the last 10 races, so much has happened. Six drivers earned their first wins of the season. 
Austin Dillon and Ryan Blaney earned their first career wins. And the Wood Brothers and Casey Kane both ended long, winless droughts. And four races went into overtime, with three ending under caution. So we've got five races ahead of the playoffs, very different tracks. Do you guys see an opportunity for more of these, you know, winless streaks to come to an end? First-time winners, perhaps? That's what 2017 has been about, yes. I think. And it's mm -hmm. what it's going to continue to be, I really believe. Competition, stages, uh, there's just so many factors that, that come into play now. And um, I, I really believe we're going to see a different winner this week at Watkins Glen and, and add another one to the list. So uh, I think this is – they're all wild card. They can be right. uh, because of, of – these drivers are so good. Crew chief's willing yeah. to take chances. But I really believe that Watkins Land is one that we could see uh, an upset winner. One of those yeah. outside of that top 16 that breaks in there. And then that upsets these guys trying to get in on points. So I really believe we might be looking. Look at those tracks. They couldn't be more different yeah. exactly. if you tried. Yeah. If you sat down and said, let's, let's get five tracks that couldn't be more different. And so that opens opportunities. All of these guys are great short track racers. Yes. You got two short tracks in there with Bristol and, and Richmond. So, uh, gosh, who we may have seventeen winners. Yeah, this no, over. I, you know, I, and I think back just sitting here listening to you talking and, and, and looking at some of this stuff. I think back to when our whole goal was to go to the racetrack and race and win a race. Now you've got a group of these guys who have always already won races. They're worried about championship points. They're yeah. trying to, to to garner points. Right. Then you got these guys back here that need these points, so do I throw caution to the wind, do I gamble to get the W, or do I stay comfortable in these points? And then you got the guys that are outside the points yeah. that are saying, I just got to throw everything. Every roll, every lap is a roll of the dice. So there's three distinct strategies that are going on on the racetrack. When you have three distinct strategies playing out on the same field, then you're going to have different winners because you're going to have some of these strategies that work, some of them that fail miserably, and these guys go back scratching their head. Uh, but I'm with Dale. When you look at that list, it's opportunity, and it's opportunity for a lot of these guys to bust in and totally change the way that the uh, playoff structure is right now. Well, let's look ahead to this weekend at Watkins Glen and some of the names that we think. Obviously, A.J. Allmendinger always comes straight to mind, and this is a guy who's not getting into the playoffs yeah. any other way than yeah. a win. Yeah, but you know what? I, I, th talk to me in 2016, and I would say yes. Talk right. to me in 2017. I don't know. Is okay. it the second car that's that's kind of changed that team? Um, he was not the dominant car or not a player per se. I didn't feel like when we went to Sonoma. Uh, he's not been the player that we've seen at other racetracks like we saw last year. So, yes, I'm going to throw his name in because he's an incredible road racer. His talent alone can do it, but can the car do it? How do you like? We just saw Joey Logano yeah. there. He's a winner at the Glen. You got to believe. Yeah, this this racetrack takes so much of the thing issues that they're having out of play right. uh, on the oval. Yes. So Joey has proven that he gets the job done on a road course. So I think uh, certainly he can do it. So there are two right there. Uh, you have. To, I really have a feeling that somebody is going to come out of the pack here with a totally different strategy yeah. because everybody kind of knows the road course strategy right. now. You know, you start it backwards uh, from the finish. Mm -hmm. That doesn't always work anymore because the tires have, have changed a little bit. Everybody's gotten a little better. So you kind of have to mix things up unless you have one of the top three or four dominant cars. So either one of those guys could come out of there as a winner. And you say with the stages, that switches yeah. up some guy's yes. strategy anyway because they might just be going for some of those stage wins. A lot of unanswered questions. I think the only way we'll ever really find out 
what lies ahead is if we have Kyle Petty's Magic 8-Ball yes. oh, to yeah. get to the bottom of some of these. We're sure. going to have that later in the show. Yes, we will. We look forward <laughs> to that. All right, well, we've got a lot more to come. Eric Jones and this 77 team have drawn a big penalty from NASCAR. How long will Jones be without his crew chief? And another Darlington throwback is revealed. What look will Xfinity Series star William Byron have at the track too tough to tame? And NASCAR stars were out for last night's premiere of Logan Lucky. We'll take you to the red carpet. America is brought to you by new Mobile One Annual Protection. Proven protection for one full year. Turn. The new season begins August 11th on NBC and NBCSN. Furniture Row Racing 77 team has been penalized for a rear suspension violation found this week at NASCAR's Research and Development Center. Eric Jones and the team have each been docked 25 points. Crew Chief Chris Gale has been fined $50,000 and suspended for two races. Jones's eighth place finish Sunday at Pocono has also been encumbered. So, Nate, this penalty on the surface, at least, sounds a lot like what we heard come out down on Joey Logano back at Richmond in the spring. Exactly, Kelly. It's the yeah. same penalty, L1 penalty, same punishment, same fine, same suspension, same, same points penalty. And essentially, it's exactly what NASCAR has been telling the teams, DJ, is don't work in that rear suspension area. And they found something they didn't like, just like they did with Joe Logano at Richmond, and they've they've done the same thing here in terms of the penalty. Yeah, they keep telling them not to work there, but the teams <laughs> know that's where their speed and handling uh, is coming from. I should say handling, because that creates the speed and, and feel that the drivers are looking for. So they're going to continue to push the issues. You just hope that you're right there on the edge and not over that edge, and uh, because it is costly. Uh, I, you know, the points don't hurt this team. Right. The, the loss of their crew chief for a couple of races, because they desperately need uh, to try to go to victory lane somehow some way we've got some short tracks coming up we know eric jones is outstanding on those chris gale's a big part of, of making those type of things happen so uh i think that'll be the biggest part for them right without crew chief the team has just said by the way that they will not appeal uh, this penalty all right yesterday also news came out that shr will not renew kurt bush's contract making him a free agent nate ryan you actually were the one that broke this story uh, bush has not given an official statement but he did touch on the situation last night on Twitter, he tweeted from last night's Coldplay concert in New York. And at the very end, he says, fans, the future is bright. Kurt Busch scored the biggest win of his career, of course, in this year's Daytona 500. What do you make of this situation? What have you learned kind of overnight? Well, first I had to check and make sure that wasn't a line from one of Coldplay's songs. Right. <laughs> it's kind of vaguely from under, like yellow. Uh, no, I, I think, you know, what we reported yesterday is, is what happened, Kelly. That The team declined to pick up the option on Kurt Busch's contract for 2018. So now, DJ... Uh, there's still a possibility, I think, that Kurt Busch comes back to the team, mm -hmm. but he is free to pursue other avenues. If he wants to go and talk to other teams, we've talked ad nauseum on the show about how there are not really a lot of opportunities out there because sponsorship is extremely limiting, and I think that was a big part of this decision by SHR not to renew his option. But Kurt Busch is allowed to look at, at other places, but the team indicated on Twitter yesterday that they expect to have him back because they expect to have Monster back, and I think Monster, that sponsor 
sponsor is the critical key here to whether or not the driver returns to the team. Yeah, once again, all dollar-related kind of as far as what they're looking for. It's not that they're unhappy with Kirk Bush and his performance. I mean, he makes the playoffs. He won the Daytona 500. So a lot of good things there. But that, that's this is where you get into those times uh, that you're hoping that things will continue to be good for a team financially, that the sponsorships are there. When, you, when that contract is up and you have that extension year that is the option of the team, and that you've probably, as a driver, you've made the money to where it goes up incrementally and you want, what you want is for things to go well. You've done your job and so they're willing to pay you that money, but all of a sudden the dollars aren't there. And so now the team is saying, look, we want you back. I was told by someone at uh, Stuart Haas Racing that they certainly expect and want Kirk back there, but the dollars have to be there right. uh, for all of this to make sense. So it may take a little reduction in what he was hoping for. I really look for them to resolve this before too long. But as of now, that makes two cup champions yeah. who do not have rides uh, here along with Matt Kenseth for 2018. All right, Nate, as we talked about earlier in the show, the overtime line now starting here at the Glen this weekend will now be moved to the start-finish line. What do you make of this rule change? I, I think there's a really easy way to explain it, Kelly. Essentially, what NASCAR has done is revert back to the green-white checkered policy they had in place from 2010 to 2015. The only difference is now there are unlimited attempts at getting that finish as opposed to before when they, they would allow for three attempts at concluding a race under a green-white checker policy. Now they will go until they get at least one lap under green. And I think, as I heard DJ allude earlier, that might not work out so well at Talladega <laughs> a couple months from now, but Gosh. remains to be seen. Yeah, yeah, Dale, you seem to be in favor of this. Oh uh, Yeah, I, I do. I am. And I, the only thing I'll say is I wish we could all agree with a year that everybody was pretty okay with the rules. And let's just go back to there because it seems the more we try to move forward, the less we get there. There, so. have, there have been plenty of changes. All right. So, Nate, let's we got a lot to talk about as far as your guests. For your podcast this week on NBC, it's Matt DiBenedetto. I think he celebrated his birthday. He did the yeah. day he was here. Actually, the, the, the day he right. talked to him. Yeah. All right. So what do we have to look forward to him? He's always entertaining on Twitter. <laughs> uh, yeah, he is. And he had never heard Dale Jr. is a friend of his. And after his sixth place finish at Bristol last year, Dale Jr. got on his team radio and said something like DiBenedetto. And <laughs> Matt DiBenedetto had never heard this, so we played it for him for the first time. You'll get to hear that reaction on the podcast. Classic. It's <laughs> classic. Exciting. All right. Well, when NASCAR America returns, it's time. To to open up the scanners and hear the best sound bites from Sunday's race. Scan All Pocono is coming up. Kyle Larson running third. It is NASCAR America is brought to you by new Mobile One Annual Protection, proven protection for one full year. Kyle Busch joined the ARCA Midwest Tour last night in Wisconsin and finished first in the Dixieland 250. But in post-race inspection, his car failed to make minimum weight. Busch was disqualified. and second-place finisher Casey Johnson was awarded the victory. But don't you worry, Rowdy fans. Here's one win that did count. Time now for Scan All Pocono. What a spectacular day here in the Pocono Mountains as we are closing in on the start of the Overton's 400. 
and Martin Truex Jr. 1.4 seconds separating the top two. We were just kind of able to fine tune on how the car was feeling on the racetrack. It's a little too easy to swing the rear. The left front grip is where it's at for the front. This runs way better for that. 10 far. 48's got a problem by two here. Watch this 21 up here. He's about to bust his ass. Keep coming. It's all good. Ryan Blaney they didn't expect the 48 to slow up that much. The five's looking inside. Trouble in turn number three. Jermaine Johnson comes together with Casey Kane and spins. I had a flat or something. A weird went on in the center of the turn. It just snaps around. Take it to the garage. I didn't even really feel that I touched him. I'm surprised I got damaged. I didn't know whether to say something or not about Jimmy. I knew he had a flat, but I figured he did too. Uh, 10-4, I don't know what he'd do. Well, I saw the 21 hit him, and then I saw him about wreck into one and about wreck into tunnel, so I had a pretty good idea. The green checkered flag that's waving over Kyle Busch. He has won stage number one here at Pocono. Definitely the car liked to be out front and like that clean air. It was just really fast out there. Kyle Larson running third. We just exploded the transmission. Debris somewhere. There's a big white piece that came out of our car. Down to the debris. Down to turn one. There's a drive shaft. Drive shaft come out of there. You don't think that's some when we got back in traffic, got into turn one, and the thing just slipped out from underneath me. I mean, I hadn't had that all day long. And then, oh, he is way sideways in turn one. Uh, sent me for a ride. I thought I was going to crash, so thankfully I was able to hold on to it. I don't know that he's had anybody that close to his rear bumper all day. He didn't touch us, Tony. It was a good three, four feet. I don't know what the hell happened. This thing is sideways. Careful. I see you got your hands full. I fell back to sixth at that moment and uh, wasn't able to really rebound from that, so I couldn't really pass those guys in front of us. Once that happened and we lost a little bit of track position, um, there was nothing we were going to be able to do to really um, get in front of those other guys. It was just so hard to pass, and our car was great, but uh, didn't really show what we had until we were in clean air. I did everything to gain time, and I'm a short shoot away from the in front of us. That's man. We got a whole race left today. Stay with me. Whole race. Too fast, section two. I didn't know how all that was going to work out when uh, when those guys pitted and, and when we stayed out. Martin Truex Jr. is on pit road. Before I get in, you either do it one way or you go the other way. Yeah, we got a plan. We were too far back to jump up. We're going to run a little longer here. So Adam made a really good call to just stay out, run that segment long. Those guys, the leaders, were actually in some lap traffic as well, too, slowing themselves down. That was freaking ridiculous. Bottled up in lap traffic. Truex can do nothing but slow down. I didn't run into him because he's such a dumbass. Yep. Yeah, 
yet. Now Truex is a solid second behind. Kyle Busch hits pit road with 25 laps to go. RPM's up nice and straight. And when we came off pit road, we had clean racetracks, so we were running sometimes a second faster than those guys, just being able to mow them down. And he's gonna make it look pretty easy. There it yeah. is. Just drove by him. Now the top two, Kevin Harvick and Kyle Busch, both looking for their first Pocono win. When I was behind Harvick there, I got into turn three and he kind of got in a little shallow in front of me and I knew he was going to slip off the bottom or if he was going to get loose, I kind of just saw it coming. Contact there, the 18 gets into the back of the four, moves him out of the way. And I ran in the back of him, but um, you know, it was unintentional. I didn't mean to do that. 18 just speed us out of the way. Keep digging, but ain't over till it's over. I just got loose down there. That's why he got the back of me. I had to almost stop. Once I hit him, you know, I kind of got off the gas. I let him gather it back up, and my momentum was still enough forward that I was able to get alongside of him and, uh, and complete the pass. Kyle Bush, he crosses the tunnel turn for the final time. Finally, Pocono. Kyle Bush is going to win at Pocono. Way to hang in there this year, guys. I'm proud of you. KB, good man. Momentum's built, brother. Momentum's built. Finally, eh? Absolutely. Finally. Never thought this day would happen. Um, man, just uh, such an awesome race car. Adam Stevens and all these guys on this number 18 team, they never give up. Appreciate the fans here at Pocono. Thanks for coming out. This is just something that I've been waiting for for a long, long time. I definitely hope that the monkey's off our back and, and we've been meaning to win here for a long time and we've been here second I don't know how many times, third I don't know how many times. So it's obviously really special to finally be able to win here at Pocono. All right, so there are a couple moments in that scandal that stand out to me. One, Kyle Larson's transmission breaking apart and uh, the frustration from Martin Truex Jr. of, of getting through that lap traffic. What yeah. stood out to you? Uh, I think I think one week we should just have a Clint Boyer. Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 Scandal. Let's just let's just listen to Clint. I realize there'd be a lot of beeps in it, and right. we wouldn't hear a lot of stuff. But you can kind of put in and know kind of what Clint <laughs> said. How can he be that witty and funny and also be driving a race car yeah, at 200, 200 miles, miles an hour? Yeah. Yeah. That's that. That's just who he is. I mean, yeah, and we know it. Every time we have him on here, he's the same way. We have to beep him on, on our TV show. <laughs> his tape. I mean, what do you want to do? The other thing at the end of the race, Kyle Busch saying, I didn't think this day would ever come. I mean, the drought for him over a year, a lot of people would probably be grateful if that was a career longest uh, winless streak. Um, but for him, it didn't, I don't feel like it ever showed within the team. But for him to say never thought this would come, he had obviously gotten a little bit discouraged at some point. I, I think I don't think it showed within the team. If you looked at Adam Stevens and, and those guys working on the car, um, I think it showed with Kyle um, because there were a lot of days all we saw was the back of his uniform as he walked away because he was willing to bite his tongue and not say anything. Right. And, and, I, and I give him that as a compliment, not in any other way. I'm not belittling him in any way by saying that. He held his tongue, he walked away, but that was frustration. That was frustration and being that close so many times and it just not working out. Yeah, I think they, they probably were internally frustrated uh, because that's what competitors do. You get that when you keep getting so close. And it wasn't really like they were doing anything wrong. Yeah. It was just things yeah. that were happening at times that were critical for them. And certainly uh, with Adam Stevens, with his suspension there for a few races, uh, some of those things happened during that time, yeah. and it made it look worse. But uh, you, you knew they were eventually going to win. And I'm not sure that...
that the worst thing that came out of Andy for the other competitors wasn't that Martin Truex wrecked Kyle Busch there <laughs> yeah. because I'm not sure they really just didn't <laughs> tee him off to the point that yes. he might. You said it the other day. This guy, once he wins, yeah. he goes on streaks. Yeah, he's a streak. Yeah. Uh, we can see that. Yeah, he is streaky. He's like three out of four after he came back from his injury. Yeah. So I think everyone's on notice now. All right, well, Kyle Busch sounded off yesterday about NASCAR's new limits on cup drivers racing in the Xfinity Series. What did Kevin Harvick have to say about it? And why did Xfinity winner Ryan Priest get rave reviews for his home decorating skills? Find out next. Welcome back. William Byron will honor the late Ricky Hendrick in his throwback scheme for the September 2nd Xfinity Series race at Darlington. Byron's scheme is similar to the one Ricky drove in the Truck Series in 2001 and in the Xfinity Series in 2002. And next season, Cup Series drivers will have stricter limits on racing in the Xfinity and Camping World Truck Series. Drivers with at least five years of Cup experience will be limited to seven Xfinity races and five truck races. Also, any driver earning Cup points will be barred from the regular season finale and all playoff races in Xfinity and trucks. Kevin Harvick talked about the news and the reaction to it. I understand Kyle's frustration because this rule frustrates me a little bit too, just for the fact that I've run a race team. And when, when you run a race team like Kyle does, he's leaning on his cup success um, and, and allowing that to be, you know, I know he still runs the Xfinity cars for Joe Gibbs Racing, but a lot, a lot of that excess, success bleeds over into Toyota it bleeds over into the sponsorship and the things that he gets from the from the manufacturer and the sponsors that he has for those trucks to put those kids in there. So, you know, when you see those big name sponsors on on Kyle's truck, he, he's he's running those races and probably not making a dollar. He's still probably spending his own money. Well, we welcome back our Nate Ryan and Nate. We've heard now from Kyle Busch, Kevin Harvick. Have you heard anything from other Cup drivers? Uh, I did. I, I talked to Brad Keselowski last night at the uh, movie premiere, and what he said, Kelly. Obviously, he is a Truck Series owner, just like Kyle right. Busch, and he said he emphasizes with Kyle, and that he understands why Kyle would, would want to take that drastic action of perhaps shutting down the team if he's not allowed to run any races. But Brad did say he would not go that far. He said that he understands where fans are coming from. He can he can see their points sometimes, DJ, on why it can be frustrating to have cup drivers winning. But as Kevin Harvick said, Brad thinks that you need this involvement in order to keep uh, everything sustainable from a business standpoint in the series as far as teams getting sponsors, as far as having everything work. And so Brad feels as if, you know, what Kevin Harvick said about the sponsorship side, what Kyle is saying about having cup drivers still participate, he agrees with all of that. And, I mean, he's, he's not going to shut down his truck team, but I, right. I think he feels the same way that Harvick and Kyle do. Yeah, we could have a whole hour at least, if not a whole day's discussion on this. I'm like Kevin Harvick, like uh, Kyle Busch and Brad. Uh, I ran my own race team, uh, and it was an Xfinity team for a lot of years. And a lot of the sponsorship came through with me driving the car. But it gave me other opportunities to bring some others in. So yeah, this is a difficult thing. I, 
I like the idea, and I'm all for the idea that if you're the owner of that team, then you should be able to, to drive whatever races until we get to the playoffs in each of those. I think they should be excluded, as they're trying to do here, uh, in the Xfinity and the trucks shouldn't be running in, in those uh, playoff races. But uh, even to the Xfinity side, you know, this whole thing started, and we wouldn't be in this position if we wouldn't have gone and taken the Xfinity series away from a lot of the shorter tracks and to all the the tracks to where we have uh, two races in the weekend. If it were still, if they were separated, when we had that, they didn't come running those, the, the cup guys, when right. I was running that exclusively. You know, they didn't come run those. They ran the bigger tracks where uh, it was a doubleheader weekend. And, and so I understand that. So, uh, you know, when Kyle Busch drove for his own team in the, the Xfinity Series, he didn't win a race that year. Kurt won one race for him, but he didn't win that. So I think if they're made to, to kind of run their own run team their own for their own deal instead of the cup owners, then things are a little more fair from that. But this, plain and simple, is... Uh, a Kyle Busch rule. Uh, you can't say it any other way. I understand yeah. what they're trying to get, but Kyle Busch has created that because he is so very talented. That's exactly what Brad said last night, actually. He said this rule essentially comes down to one person and one yeah. person only success. Yeah, and that's nothing against him because he's just right. outstanding and he's doing what he loves to do. Exactly. So how tough is that balance? Because just what you said, some of these drivers want to drive anything at any time, anywhere they can get behind the wheel of a car. you got to balance the business side and you got to balance you know, what NASCAR's trying to do, which is push younger talent a lot of the fans like to see the regulars in their winning races they don't like seeing Kyle Busch dominate so often it's got to be a, it's a tough position for NASCAR yeah I, I think it's a really tough position and I think what's frustrating here is there's so much talk in NASCAR about collaboration and about you know finding a common goal on the direction of competition and I asked Brad you know was the driver council consulted this time he said well the level of input that we had was we don't like it, and they said, okay, we're doing it. So <laughs> I, I think that might be why there's a little bit more of a, of a rift here than, than we're used to seeing lately because everybody does seem to see it, be on the same page for the most part competition-wise, whether it's talking about the new car or the direction on downforce right. rules. This is an instance where I, I think there's just going to be some natural butting of heads that's going to occur. And to Kyle Busch's point, he said, hey, if all of us cup drivers get together, we'll be able to fill all those slots if we map out our season accordingly anyway. So... All right, well, after his Xfinity win in Iowa last weekend, Ryan Priest decided to spruce up his house by hanging his checkered flag from Iowa outside the front door. He tweeted a picture of it yesterday with a message, much better. On Friday, Ryan Priest will be racing modifies at Stafford Motor Speedway in Connecticut. But tomorrow, he's our special guest for NASCAR America. Tune in at 5 Eastern right here on NBCSN. Well, this summer, NASCAR returns to the silver screen in Logan Lucky. And when NASCAR America returns, we'll hit the red carpet for the film's world premiere. Stay tuned. Time now for our social pit stop. It was a memorable first day of school at Meeting Street Academy in Charleston, South Carolina. Kyle Larson and engineers from Chip Ganassi Racing visited the academy to talk to the students about the importance of STEM, science, technology, engineering, and math. And the night before, Larson and several other drivers were in Charlotte at the premiere of Logan Lucky. Many NASCAR personalities make an appearance in the film, which stars Channing Tatum and Adam Driver as brothers who set out to rob the Coca-Cola 600. Here's what the drivers had to say. Definitely great for our sport to have a movie 
um, based around Charlotte Motor Speedway and NASCAR and, and to get to have some, some drivers in it and some well-known drivers too. So Just really neat to, to get some great opportunities to come here and do this and, and be in some films like the Logan Lucky film. It's, it's, it's pretty neat even though it's a really small part. It's, it's cool to be part of a production like that. Uh, I never would have thought six, seven years ago running past that uh, we'd be here. I think for the sport that whenever you, you have a connection to uh, you know, movies, television, and, and other media properties that uh, are kind of non-endemic to, to what we do every day, that it's a great way for us to reach out to new audiences and, and show some of the passion and fun that we have. It's different because they're telling you what to say. Where <laughs> I can't just be myself and, and say the things that come to my mind naturally. So, Because um, you're acting. So uh, the acting piece definitely changes the game. From the red carpet to the Hall of Fame, a week from today, Joey Logano will be our special guest on NASCAR America live from the Hall of Fame. Logano has just five races left to make the playoffs and will hope for a repeat performance of 2015 when he won at Watkins Glen. Our coverage from the road course in beautiful upstate New York begins Friday. Earlier today, Lee Diffie talked about the track's history in all forms of racing. Regardless of if it's NASCAR, if it's F1, if it's IndyCar, it could be Legends cars. I think the address of Watkins Glen International is one of the most famous addresses in all of motorsports. Would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And there's a tie-in back there to, to Formula One as well because there were 20 you know, consecutive years of Formula One World Championship racing there. And the name, just the words, when you say Watkins Glen, it resonates around the world as as a world-class racetrack, as a world-class facility. I mean, I think it's one of the best events of the year. You know, it just, it just seems to always have a great feel about it. People are camping out, you know, in addition to what's going on on the racetrack. Every Wednesday on Sirius XM NASCAR Radio, an NBC analyst will join the group to talk about the upcoming race. All right, up next, Kyle Petty will look into the future, answer some of the most important questions of the day with the help, of course, of this Magic 8-Ball. Stay with us. On this day in NASCAR, 20 years ago, a fuel gamble paid off for Ricky Rudd in the 1997 Brickyard 400. With help from two late cautions, Rudd stretched his fuel over the final 46 laps. He withstood a final restart with three laps to go, holding off Bobby Labonte for the win. All right, news broke earlier today. NASCAR has announced that starting this weekend at Watkins Glen, the start-finish line will become standard position for the overtime line at all tracks. This means that during NASCAR overtime, leaders must now run a full lap before the race is considered complete. All right, time now to get that magic eight ball. Are you going to uh, buff it up? All right, all right. We've got some questions here for it. We're talking about the overtime line. Okay, Will this be the last time that NASCAR makes a change to the overtime line? No, you don't even need an answer for that. <laughs> Holy crap, this is NASCAR. This you ain't know it. Uh, that, I know. Is it? No. Better not tell you now. Oh. <laughs> yeah, too soon. Now, let me just say that the, that the eight ball has been a little negative today. A little negative. <laughs> I want to go true. ahead and tell you that right off the bat, okay? <laughs> Come on, give me another one. Better not tell right, you right, right now on the other. Will Kurt Busch be Martin Truex Jr.'s teammate oh, next year? Goodness. Talk to me, Avo. Oh. Talk to me, Avo. Don't count on it. Don't count on it. Mm, All right. Yeah, count on it. I like this. Yeah, it's I, a valid question, though, because we know question. that the 77 is going to be vacated no by discussion. Jones. No discussion. This is all eight ball time right here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. 
it could be an opportunity yes. for Kurt Busch to go back to Furniture Row. He has a great relationship with that team. I think a lot depends, you know, it, it, it's kind of up in the air as to who Monster is actually with. Yeah. I mean, Kirk Bush brought them there to Stuart Haas, right. I believe. They came when he came. So, or, or not just when he came, but I believe it was the second year. So, um, would that be a possibility if, if they were going to do that? He has a history there at Furniture Row. So, yeah. I, I don't know. I think he ends up yeah. right there at where he's at right yeah, now. Yeah, I don't think he goes anywhere. And remember, you can never go home. Right. Yeah. Okay. Believe me, I know that. <laughs> I know that. You're talking to the guy. You can never go home. Well, so he can't go back. Stuart House Racing did say that they fully expect him to be yes. back yes. to the car. At least they tweeted that. They didn't comment, but they did tweet. Yeah. We're not going to have a comment, but here's our comment. But here's our one comment. I love racing. All right. All right. We got another. We got another question for the eight ball. Okay. Will Watkins Glen produce the 14th different playoff driver this season? 14. Hmm. Mama needs a new pair of shoes. <laughs> <laughs> No, I don't like that question. That, 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 was not a, that was not a legit answer. That was not. I mean, it didn't come up. Yes. Yes? Yes. It came wow. up. Wow. That's who a yes. Will, who will it be? It doesn't tell me that. There's not names in here. <laughs> There's not initials or something. What do you want? Who's your best um, guess? You know what? What's the question again? Who? Who's going to win at the Glen? That hasn't already. It's got to be someone who's Clint not Boyer. already in the playoffs. Good. Clint Boyer. Clint Boyer. Yeah. Clint Boyer. Good choice. Yeah, we, I think we always forget Clint Boyer has a road course win. Yeah. Okay. okay. I, yeah. I, I know he grew up in a flat state with straight highways, but he knows how to drive a road course. He does. Uh, whether it comes from dirt or whatever. So I, I think Clint may be, may be a little bit of a sleeper. Yeah, I'm going to go with Logano. Okay. I, I think that yeah. he understands the pressure, uh, you know, the things that they've been fighting. Yeah, it somewhat may, may come into play here, but but a driver can have so much to do with what happens at Watkins Glen. I think Todd Gordon is going to put him in a position with some strategy that's going to be up to Joey, and he's proven he's uh, can get the job done. Yeah, he's got a, yeah. a win and a runner-up finish the last two years. I'm going to go with my man Boris said making his last NASCAR Oh my gosh, start. that's good. That's good. <laughs> okay, right. has this we, show gone the heck in a handbasket? <laughs> yes, it yes, it has. Yes, it has. We got one last one. Okay. Will Logan Lucky sweep the Oscars? Most likely. Oh, you let me down. You let me down. You let me down. So well at this point. So good up until that point. I no, went to the premiere. No. It was a lot of fun. I have to say, Brad Keselowski no. and Joey Logano playing the part of cops was was pretty epic. It was mm. it was a lot yeah, of fun. So, so does having a lot of fun, does that get you Oscar? I didn't get you Oscar. I'm, I'm not sure it's Oscar. If having a lot of fun... Got you anything? I'd have like 600 wins, okay? <laughs> 600 wins in the Cup Series of having fun got you anything, okay? Let me just go ahead and say but that. But very cool to once again see a movie centered around sure. a NASCAR event, yes, Coca-Cola 600, with drivers making cameos, so be a lot of yeah. fun. All right. Well, that's going to do it for tonight's NASCAR America. Make sure you tune back in tomorrow, 5 Eastern, when special guest Ryan Priest joins the show. Till then, head to NBCSports.com slash NASCAR for all your NASCAR news. Thank you for watching. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help Dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power Dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything Dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability.